Astrid to come up quickly and take a quick one second video of you all. Do you all consent to being in a video? Put your hand up if you do. Eliezer's put his hand up. Sam, thank you guys. Good. Okay. So Astrid, take a quick. You have to do something fun. So we have to stand up. Sorry, can you stand up? And on three, I just want to go one, two, three, and then put your hands up and then maybe shout. Yeah? Is that all right? On three, yeah, not one, two, three, shout. It's one, two, shout. Okay? Ready? One, two, three. Perfect. Thank you very much. Am I actually on here? Is that a real thing? Genuinely, is this not a joke? I always think Dave's pulling some sort of trickery. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, cool. All right, that's just a, there's an app called One Second a Day, and you film one second a day, and then you put it again all together. At the end of the year, you have 365 seconds of your year in a, in a video you can watch. So that'll be, that won't be released to the public because there's lots of funny videos of us being at home and doing silly faces and stuff. So anyway, um, has anyone figured out the little riddle that's been left over here, by the way, on this chair? Bob and Laney. So you got you got Laney, and then you got Bob. Anyone seen that? Yeah. Yeah. I d- I d- I didn't do that. I'm just appreciating whoever did it. Whoever did who did that? Was it Dave? By any chance, it was Dave. Good. All right. Well, I'm going to move on because uh, everything we've done so far is not relevant to what I'm talking about. So let's move on. Um, so today I'm talking about weathering the storm. Do you have the PowerPoint? Is that there? So, I mean, basically, I was planning on talking about peace today. Um, and then I felt God say to change a little bit and talk a bit about weathering the storm. And to be honest with you, um, Ash and I have had quite a full-on year. It's been quite exciting. So we've got our first house um, and we've accomplished a lot of life goals. But at the same time, this year has been quite a grueling year. It's been quite a long year with lots of challenges. And I think with every blessing we've had, we've also had a series of challenges that come with that blessing. Um, and sometimes they're kind of nowhere. And especially um, since we announced the role, my new role as an associate pastor, there was loads of challenges that were just kept popping up. So it's been a bit of a, a, a rough time, a bit of a long, old, a long old year. And that one second a day video that you're all just now part of, last year, I really enjoyed watching 2017. It was like loads of fun things. We had like a little dog that we used to hang out with a lot. And we did loads of, and there's loads of videos of us going out to the park and having coffee and just friends. And I found it really fun to watch. Um, but this year, when we watched, I watched it last night and I watched 2018 so far, there's a few more days left, and 2017, I found it quite sad because I saw the, the change in myself from that year to this year and the change that, that you know, physically I'm twice the man I was last year. That's, uh, <laughs> um, but the, the, the things, and I, and, it, and I could see at the time all the things I was going through and, and you know, working through over, that, over the year. So it wasn't quite as fun an experience for me. And Astrid was showing me, like, look at the video, it's all done. And I was like, oh, it's sad. <laughs> so um, that's where I'm at at the moment with, with things, to be frank. And I thought that let's talk about weathering the storm, because it's something that we all go through. We go through the storm, and we go through different seasons in our life. Um, so I wanted to run into that. So I've broken this down into three sections. We'll go down by section, by section, by section. So firstly, um, I want to talk about accepting that bad weather exists. 
Because um, I think that it's really easy to fall into the trap as Christians or as good people, if you're not a Christian, if you're just a good person, that bad things happen to you. And it's really um, easy to fall into the trap thinking that God's either left you in that time and he's not actually with you through that storm that you're in or that season of, of isolation or that season of whatever's going on in your life. But also, it's easy to think that you've done something wrong for that thing to then be caused to you. Like maybe you're not good enough a person or that you maybe you don't pray enough or maybe that thing you did 10 years ago, God's punishing you for and now you're having this consequence in your life and all that. When actually... It's not necessarily true because I think bad weather exists regardless. And if you look at the Bible, actually, um, the Bible pretty much promises a pretty difficult life for Christians, doesn't it? Like, you look, at, you look at Jesus, and he just had, his whole life was just full of persecution, opposition. No one really, you know, he had, he had, some, he had supporters, but he definitely had opposition. Like, all the leaders, all the religious leaders, they were trying to undermine him, trying to, and eventually got him killed. Like, that's a pretty serious opposition he was facing. So Jesus, who's the man that we're meant to follow and try and be more like him and try and live like he did on this earth, because he suffered as we suffer, and he goes through what we went through. We try to be like him. We can see that he suffered. So we're being like him. We're going to suffer. And I've got some Bible verses on there. Um, Timothy says, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It says it right there. There's going to be some storms in your life. But it also says, but even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats and don't be frightened. And do you know what? Like a quick Google search and you put Jesus suffering and you just find like 50 million Bible verses that you can read. Well, not 50 million. I saw Mark's face when I said that. How many Bible verses are there, Mark? How many Bible verses are there? Do you know? I'm hoping you know this. You don't know. That was going to be a cool moment. I don't know. I thought you might know. No, but like, that's, you know what? Sorry? The middle one. Go on. Okay. Longest verse in the Bible. Middle of the psalm. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's important that when we're going through a storm, or we're going through a, a rough time in our life, is first just to accept the fact that bad things are going to happen in life or challenges are going to come in life. And it's not, a, it's not that God's forgotten you. It's not that you deserve it because you're a bad person. It's not that. It's that you, maybe you're a Christian, maybe you're not a Christian, but bad things are going to happen to you. And it says in the Bible, when you follow a godly life, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to face opposition. Um, and even look at the disciples as well. And there's 12 of them. And they knew Jesus. And that's really annoying. I don't know if you read the Bible and ever get annoyed at the disciples. Because they seem to get things wrong or an awful lot, don't they? And they knew Jesus personally, like physically. They had a physical relationship with Jesus. They knew who he was. They were friends. They would have like, you know, they followed him around. They saw him perform incredible, amazing miracles. Yet they still got it wrong. And they still had their faith shaken whenever something happened. And when a storm came along, literally on a boat, they all quailed and freaked out because there's a storm on the boat. And there's loads of examples of them going through challenges and having the wrong instinctual reaction and getting it wrong. And Jesus goes, hold on, guys, this is the answer. And Jesus comes in as a man on the earth and shows them what to do. So, like, really, we're kind of like, we're more disciples than we are Jesus. I think we'll pretty agree with that. But we need to accept that bad weather is going to be in our life and don't feel guilty about it, that you're having this rough time. Um, and try not to hide it either, I suppose. So, just look, I put my, my bullet point on here, is just, just look at Jesus and his challenges. If you think you're going for a rough time, you're not alone. Jesus did it first. He showed you the way, and he's now with you on that way as well. So you're not alone on it, but it's, 
Don't feel bad about it. Well, you can feel bad about it, but you know what I mean. Don't feel guilty about it. The second point I wanted to look at was learning to rest. And um, the reason why I want to mention this is because we're talking about how Jesus' life, and he was full of opposition and full of challenges and full of struggles. And if you don't know much about Jesus' life, like you haven't looked at that too much, have a look at it and see what he went through. Because it was only a short few period of years that you see on his life in the Bible. Because I think he started ministry at like 30. So you only know a few years of his life, and it was just full of difficult times. But if we look at how he handled difficult times, we got all these prayer requests here today. And if we approach these prayer requests the way Jesus approached things that he needed to conquer in his time, then I think we'll see a very different result. Not even a different result, we'll, we'll experience it differently. We'll see it from a different perspective, and we'll have a much better experience of those things. So if you've ever read the Bible... And um, in fact, let's go back. I mean, I think resting comes in a couple of forms. Like, there's a lot of rest that we do. Like, Ash and I like to watch Friends on TV. You know, the, the TV show Friends. We've watched it like 10,000 times. I know all the words. But we're watching it at the moment, and we like to watch that. We, you know, some people like to lay on a beach and get a suntan. Some people like to go swimming or go do some exercise. Some people like to sleep all hours of the day. Um, whatever your form of rest is, I think that's like a physical rest that we need to have. We need to eat food. We need to um, drink water. We need to have rest and sleep and relaxation if we're going to be physically okay. And there is an element, I think, when we're resting and doing things that we enjoy of sort of spiritual rest. But I think that's one side of rest. You know what I mean? And I think the other side of rest is the spiritual rest. Like a spiritual side of it, where if you look at Jesus and how he goes through challenges in life, I've got two Bible verses on there. And it's um, after he'd sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. And then Luke says, Jesus, but Jesus by himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. And there's loads of times where it just mentions that Jesus has popped away somewhere by himself, isolated alone, and spent time praying to God. And I think I'm pretty good at the first version of rest. You know? I can watch friends all day. You know, I can beat Sam Beryl on Fortnite all day, you know, playing games. I can do whatever I want and relax and find that really easy just to chill out. I call it chilling out. You know, when there's housework to do, I'm amazing at chilling out. Like, I can watch, you know, films and do that. I can relax. But what I'm not very good at doing is getting away and spending some time praying to God. And if I want to get through storms in my life, like Jesus got through storms and challenges and things and saw the miracles that he was doing and performing every single day. I need to be doing more of what he does and less of what I do. And what he did was slip away, find a quiet place, and would just pray, be still, and listen to God. And it's littered throughout the Bible. And you see, like, you just, you know, Jesus on a mountain somewhere, or he was over there praying, or disciples found him praying. Disciples found him praying over there, and they found him, you know, he's constantly just telling, taking a minute to hear from God on what to do next, and just to get spiritually rest in him and get, get recovered. So there's two kinds of rest, and I think we need to learn. I do personally, I don't know about you, you might all be really good at it. You all good at it? Hands up if you're good at it. Which one? The first one, okay. I think, you know, we could all improve at that. Um, and I certainly want to be more like Christ. And I think, uh, in fact, when we went on, Ash and I went on holiday um, the last week, it was last week. We went on holiday anyway. And we had like this little um, like traveler kind of hut lodge thing with like a wood burner in it. And we had a jacuzzi that was heated by a wood burner. 
So we like, you know, we chilled out and we slept. Um, I lit loads of fires, so I felt manly, and I was like burning wood to heat up a jacuzzi. And I was like, Ashley, stay inside, darling, I've got this, I'll heat the jacuzzi up. <laughs> it definitely took like eight hours to heat up, and then it was too hot, we had to wait three hours for it to cool down. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, was, it was fun, and we, you know, it was good, relaxing. We ate the food we wanted to eat, we drank the drinks we wanted to drink, we slept silly, we, we went to bed late, and we woke up late, and all that kind of stuff. We watched Lord of the Rings trilogy, um, Ashley for the first time. So she's now making jokes about Lord of the Rings, like 15 years too late. <laughs> Honestly, at our house at the moment, she's always like, my precious. I'm walking around the house doing like Smeagol impressions. And I'm like, it's not 2003 anymore. Come on, let's just. But we did all those things. And I remember one evening, particularly one evening, where I often pray and I'm like really good at like waking up and I'll just like pray, you know, do my quick, my quick. I can do like a 20 second prayer where I've ticked my box for the, when I woke up and I did a little prayer and I like, prayed, God, thank you, read, Bible, go. And I can crack on and go onto Facebook or YouTube, you know. But I, um, I remember spending just an, ev- just an evening where I sat outside and it was a little bit rainy and it was cold, but I just sat outside and I spent quite a while just outside praying and just listening and reading some Bible and whatever. And after that one session of just spending alone, close time to, with God with no distractions, I wasn't like distracted by the TV or I didn't have like cars driving past me. I wasn't distracted. I was in a really still, quiet place. I felt more refreshed after that one time than my whole holiday. I went back into the thing like, back in like ready, I'm ready to go back to the grind. I can get on with stuff now. I can do this. I can do that because I felt refreshed in God. So that's the kind of rest I'm talking about. Not just chilling out, playing Xbox. I'm talking about spending time alone, being still, and intentionally seeking God in a quiet, still place. That's the rest I'm talking about. So we're in a storm. Let's do what Jesus does, did, when he was on the earth, and just spend some time getting some proper rest. And the third point um, I wanted to make, and I think this is why, I think God wanted me to talk about this rather than about peace, um, because... I didn't want to talk about like troubles and storms in our life and then talk about getting peace. I wanted to talk about fighting back a little bit. So the next point is learn to fight. Perfect. Um, and rather than focusing on a specific Bible verse, what I've literally got there is a series of Jesus' Jesus's miracles. And that's not all of them by any means. That's just like I literally went onto the internet and I searched a list of Jesus' miracles, and I copied the amount I could fit on this page in that text size. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And like Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus, we're looking at how he did things, looking at how he lived life, how he rested and spent time, but he was an active and a productive man. Like he got stuff done. I always thought like if I knew Jesus, if I was a disciple, it would be really awkward and a bit annoying because, you know, wherever he walked, he would see something and go and talk to them and then go and pray with them and then like spit in mud and then put in their eye and they can see again or go and touch a person who can't walk and they can walk again you'll be constantly on the tips of your toes wondering what is Jesus going to do next because he was constantly just breaking the norm but I'm nervous going to a restaurant with Dave and the waiter comes over because he's always going to make some joke with the waiter but like I can imagine being with you weren't listening then were you you only you only heard of the last bit Church is sassy today, isn't it? (laughs) 
Anyway, <laughs> let's bring this back. Yeah. But church, um, church, but Jesus was productive. He was active. Like he had challenges. He had storms in his life. He had things going, he was going through things that we couldn't even imagine and threats and risks that we couldn't imagine. And he was resting in God, hearing what God wanted him to do about the situation. And he didn't just rest and then go and rest some more and then, you know, rest some more and then rest a little bit more and then maybe next week I'll go and do that thing that Jesus asked me to do and then I'll go and then I remember next next year because it's not the right time this year because God asked me to do that thing but actually I've got too much things to do in the evening and I can't do that and actually probably the year after that I'll do that because then I'll probably have enough money to go and do this and then I'll he didn't do that he would rest he would hear what God said and he cracked on with it he would go out and when God when he was walking around and God said go and talk to that person or and then the Holy Spirit would say to him, go and do this, go and do that. He wouldn't just say, mm, I don't really want to do that because it's a little bit embarrassing, a little bit awkward, I don't want to go and talk. He would just go and he would do it and miracles happened and the Holy Spirit performed amazing things through the things that he was doing. So he was an active man. And um, so that's why I've got some of his actions. Like he's being active here. So go and have a look if you want. I encourage you to do this. Go and have a look and Google Jesus' miracles, and just read like a summary of this. Like, the Bath one there, Jesus raised the widow's son from the dead. Like, if that was me, and I'd raised someone from the dead, I'd be writing like a best-selling book and selling it in W.H. Smith. But in the Bible, looking at, like, Jesus' life, he rose someone from the dead, and it's Luke chapter 7, verses 11 to 18. Because he crammed so much miraculous work into his time on this earth that he doesn't, you can't write a book about each miracle. We could write a book about each miracle, but it's just like he did this this day, he did that that day. He went out and he got on with it. He was active. So he was fighting in that storm against all the oppression he was facing. He was constantly fighting, and the disciples were always just trying to keep up. So we could strive to be like Jesus. We'll probably end up more like the disciples, but that's not a bad place to be anyway because they're pretty, they're actually pretty good. And one of the things, um, I wanted to point out, and this is one of the annoying bits of advice that my dad always gives me when I, when I, when I moan to him about people. If I'm going through something and someone's upset me, I was like, Dad, but he did this, and he was really mean, and he did this, and he goes, okay. And you don't understand, because he did this, and he, and he was like this, and like, oh, no, I get that, yeah, I get that. And, and, he, and then this person did this, and they said this, and it was really rude, and it really upset me. And you go, now, Wes, have you tried praying for them? I was like, oh, shut up, Dad. I don't want to hear your wisdomless advice at this time. I want you to go, yeah, that's really rude. But he's always says, if you try praying for them, he does it all the time. It's like consistently since I've left home and I phoned home with like no money or whatever. And, I've, you know, and you can't pay rent and stuff. I was talking about that with um, someone earlier. And, you know, you all these things and you, you struggle and you phone up my parents and I'll moan. And he goes, have you ever tried praying about it or praying about that person or praying about that situation? And it was always really annoying, but it's true. Because you look at what, <laughs> it's true. Wow. <laughs> you learned something new today. But, um, but seriously, though, it's like the opposite of the instinct that you have in you. When someone does something wrong to you, or when something happens to you that's, that hurts you and upsets you, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to hurt them back. Or you want to work out a way of, like, tactically evading the situation and working your way through it and stuff. And you can think strategically. And this is what I do, personally, this is me, right? If I get in a situation and someone's upset me or something's going on that's, that's, that's challenging me, I'll spend hours thinking about ways I can strategically and tactically get around that situation. And if I do this and move this here, I can go there. And if I do this, I'll do that there. 
And my dad's response to me is, have you tried praying for that person or that situation? And for some reason, I probably should be better at this, but it's not the first thing that comes to my head. And can you remember what the last thing Jesus said when he was on the cross was? Forgive them for what they did. He said, like, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. But the last thing he said, like the man that came to this earth as a saviour to us, a man who spent his whole life being perfect, a man who spent his whole life showing us and trying to, and doing miracles and saving people, and then was hung on the cross um, unfairly and unjustly, and he was an innocent man. The very last thing he said was forgive the people that were persecuting him at that time. Like his very last breath, he was in agony. He was probably humiliated on a cross. Like that was like being hung on a, being strung up on a cross was not a nice death. It wasn't like a, it was torturous death for people who were like thieves and murderers, etc. So he was hung in a shameful way and killed in public to be humiliated. And the very last thing that Jesus said was to forgive the people that had done the wrong to him. And I find it hard to forgive instantly to forgive the people that are doing wrong to me in like little silly situations. So when we fight back and we're going through things in our life, and even if it's just things like, if it's health issues, if it's relationship issues, if it's whatever issues, if we're not spending enough time resting in God, hearing from what he has to say, getting up and getting active and actually implementing the things that we think he's saying for us to do, and we're not praying for that situation, and we're not praying for the people that are causing the pain to us, it's going to be difficult. And I'm, I'm, I'm personally fed up of going through different challenges and storms in my life without tackling it the way that Jesus was tackling more. Like, I want to get better at it. That's why I'm talking about this today. Because like, when I was preparing for the message, it was difficult. I said, at the moment, life's a bit difficult. So it was hard to prepare for today. I wasn't going like, hey, good morning, everyone. Nice and easy. Crack on. Easy day. It was a difficult kind of time. So preparing for today was hard. And the thing I want to talk about and want us to get better at as a church, because I know I need to improve, is getting through those storms in our life better. Accepting they're there. You know, we're here as a family. And we're all going through different storms. If you notice at the moment in the, in the church leadership, there's so many things that are against the church leadership at the moment in individuals' life. Everyone on the church leadership team at the moment is facing a challenge of, of health issues, of and it's all compressed into a short space of time. And at our last meeting, we were praying for the things that we're all facing at the moment because we're facing storms. And I think the way to face a storm isn't by being tactical, isn't by being angry at that person or angry at the situation or angry at what's going on. It's by accepting the fact that this is going to happen in your life. It's about resting in God and hearing what he has to say about that situation. It's about being active and doing what God then tells us to do and constantly praying for that situation or for that person causing pain. And when I say pray for that person, right, let's say someone's upset you and they've gossiped about you. I'm not saying praying like, Lord, smite that person. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, like, God, I pray for a blessing over their life, Lord. Whatever's causing that issue for them to, to, to handle things this way that affects me, Lord, I pray that you break that over their life. And you intercede. You pray on their behalf and you intercede for them. And you pray for good things happen to them. And you treat them with love rather than the things that they probably deserve. Because if we can't treat... Imagine if Jesus treated us with the things that we deserve. And I think that... The, I mean, off the back of all this stuff, I mean, um, challenges or storms or things going on in your life, and we can accept them, we can rest, we can pray about it, we can be active and do things. But it's nice to know that actually, looking back historically over my life, all the things that have been challenges for me that I've historically faced and 
that God has always provided for and I've come through are the landmarks where I've seen my faith grow massive amounts in a short space of time. And I think the time, it depends on how you respond sometimes, and there's, there's times, I know there's times in my life where God said to do something, and I haven't done it for a long time. And then when I go and do it, like maybe it's serving or um, like singing on the worship team or whatever it is, then God blesses me for that, and then this, I see a massive shift in my faith, and I can things that, that used to bother me don't bother me anymore, and I'm ready for the next season in my life. And when I get there, I'm not just going from storm to storm. Normally there's a summer in there, and there's some, like, you know, watching friends on TV. But when I, when I spend time looking back at the, the things that really excite me about being a follower of Christ and the things that really let me know that Jesus is alive and talking to me today is because I can see the things that he has done help me overcome. So I know at the moment the stuff that I'm going through, the stuff that the leadership's going through, all the different things that are happening in personal lives, when we overcome those things and when God helps us get past those things, there's going to be a stronger leadership team. There's going to be a stronger me. There's going to be a stronger Asher. We're going to be stronger. There's so many things that come out as fruit that we can look back on and grow. So I've just put it here as a bullet point, just be ready to grow. You're in a storm right now, be ready to grow. You're in a storm right now, rest, get active, pray about it, and get ready to grow. If you're active and stepping out, if God says to you to go and do something, and you step out and do it, you've moved forward a step in your faith, I promise you. So, I wondered, um, I wonder if we can just spend some time just praying. It might be nice to have the band up. You like to do that? I haven't asked, I haven't asked my wife before to come up and do the band, so... If you want to just come up, and then I know we've got these prayer requests here. So um, I'm just going to remind you of the prayer requests quickly, because these are like little storms that are brewing, and some of them are big storms. We've got Emma's got a prayer request for Blake. We've got Amanda has a prayer request about Becky um, and, the, and the losses that she suffered this week. And we've got Eunice for her mum. So we've got some storms there already. But if you've got a storm at the moment in your life, we're going to worship God. And please, 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 please grab someone like at the front or someone you trust next to you and just start talking about that stuff. And we're going to go, and you can, we're a family, do you know what I mean? And we can work through storms together. And I want to see a church where we see prayers turn to praise requests and we see people go from this in their faith to this in their faith. Let's get active.